This is the Whatever You Say Podcast. 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 Kanye. Okay. Well, Kanye, the Jewish thing, the, the the he wants to go DEFCON on everybody, but he wants to bank it on religion. He wants to go and still have Sunday service every every ever often he has it. Is he just another dirty preacher? <laughs> Is, is he is he just another of these preachers that we say watch out for? I will say this: I think Kanye has mental issues that he himself, right? Um, and I think that I don't think that any group of people should be be should be beyond criticism, right? And so I feel like if we live in a world, okay, so for instance, if I say that Israel is murdering people in the street, they mm-hmm. bombed innocent men and women and children all the time the united states is backing a a state that murders people i can get called anti-semitic because of that but but my my views my criticism isn't about jewish people it's about the state of israel and their and their destruction of of palestinian homes and, and lives right um, I think that's valid. I think you should be able to criticize a place. And I think that anyone who says, oh, you're anti-Semitic because you criticize a government is is wrong. Right. But anytime you label a group of people as a monolith. That is also wrong as well. And I think that's what Kanye has done. But Dave Chappelle said something very. Potent to me mm-hmm. when he said it, he said. If they're Italian, it's a mob. If they're black, it's a gang. If they're Jewish, it's just a coincidence and you should never talk about it. <laughs> right. And, and that's my thing with Kanye is that is that you've been in the rap game and the fashion game and all this for a very, very long time. You mean you're just now realizing this? I'm a hip-hop fan. Grew up listening to, to, to Ice Cube, Public Enemy. That's where I got my first... Jews have all the money. Watch that. Yeah, that's where I got my first lessons from. Right. You go back. I know Ice Cube wanted to dis- disassociate himself from Kanye, but come on, Cube. I, I was listening right. to that stuff. Jerry Heller. Yeah. yeah come I, on, I, man. I, yeah. yeah. The white Jew telling you what to do. I mean, come on now. And 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 Chuck D, Public Enemy. Come on now. They got albums full of it. And then I thought it was kind of it, it's it's kind of a running joke. I went to a white school my last two years of high school up in Kansas City. You know what white kids, you know what they do when they kind of, they oh, shut up, oh, shut up. You know, black kids, oh, shut up, man, get out of here. You know what white kids do? What? Oh, Jew. <laughs> Fuck you, Jew. Yeah. That, that's that's a that's a go-to kind of diss kind of get out of here kind of tag that they use. So when you tell me Kanye, somebody that's been at the top of the game in music and fashion for 20 years, and you're just now shocked yeah. that this group of people, which let's be honest, white people, have a lot of power. In music and movie and fashion, and you're shocked, you're appalled by it. Sounds like a nigga who just didn't read his contract. Well, and you know, another thing is, is like, I think if you take out 
Jewish and put in white because these are white people who are Jewish. Yeah, they are, they are. Right? If you take that out, are people mad at Kanye still? Because because the reason people are mad is because there were six million Jewish people who were killed in the Holocaust during World War II. Okay, and and Jewish white people have a distinction amongst other groups of white people is that they are hated by white hate groups, right? True. Now, here's the thing. A Jewish white man can change his name and just be white. I can change my name, but I can't change my skin. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to play the comparison game because I think that's ugly. I think I think oppressed people should uh, and marginalized people should stick together. I think Kanye's mistake was is that are there a lot of powerful Jewish people in Hollywood and the music industry? Yes. But I, I think that instead of coming at the Jews, I think he should his approach should have been uplifting black people. Like instead of being like, oh, these Jews got all the power, I think Kanye, Mr. Billionaire, should use his billions to put more black people in power. Cause that's the part that we're forgetting, man. I mean, Kanye's not out to out there by himself. There's a, there's, a, there's a Kanye, there's a Oprah, there's a Jay-Z, there's a Puffy. Like, we're, we're getting guys. There's a Jordan, exactly. It's been a Jordan for a long time. LeBron say, now. Say, I mean, say. we're getting up there. Have you seen these contracts with these guys that they can sit out and not even have to play for? Right. We're getting we're getting enough names, mm-hmm. right, that, that, that have enough notoriety, have enough fame to where I think true, real movements and, and, and change can happen. Um, Listen, LeBron did this whole school thing while he's still playing. So what do you mean someone who's retired for 10, 20 years can't do it? I, I don't I don't understand why that isn't in, in the minds of our super rich and, and, and our celebrities and, and our influential folks out here. But he's dodging accountability, man. You're blaming Jewish people when you could be uplifting black people, like I said before. And and we as black people have to stop dodging accountability. Yeah. It's on us to lift each other up. The grass is greener where you water it at. If you're worried about the Jewish grass, the black grass is going to die. Mm. And and that's Kanye's problem. Wow. I'm not, I'm not going to co-sign any hate on any other people. I will always preach black love, power, and positivity. If Kanye was on his meds or if he had somebody in his ear telling him that, we would be powerful. We we would be greater. And Doctor Umar been been saying this. Doctor Umar been calling out these these black billionaires for years now. Where are they at? Where are y'all at? We all mad at Kanye, but where are y'all? We black people need to to lift each other up to become. And I and I'm not trying to say like become as powerful as the Jews or whatever, but like without black people, there is no sports or entertainment industry. Let's be honest, right? None. So the people who own that industry are the people who Kanye was was is talking about, and these are the white Jews. But at a certain point in time, when are we going to leverage our own skills and money and create something of our own? There's enough of us, man. So, so we don't have to complain. Imagine if Corey Akers had a billion dollars. <laughs> Come on, man. Are you kidding me? Listen, I'll say this. If I did, I guarantee you, we wouldn't be, Flint's water would be clean. Ah, right. You know what Come I'm saying? Come on, man. Mississippi. Come yeah. on now. Dion had to go take the kids and put them up in the room. And Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. That, I, that would be fixed. And that's been going on for years. Right. These are problems that we're worried about and we're not we're not doing with it. And, and, and honestly, I will say this. 
the people that Kanye are talking about have real money. They have liquid cash. They got billions in, in cash. Long, for a long time. Long generational wealth. Yes. Diddy, Jay-Z, they barely touched a billion. <laughs> and I say, there. you know, even if they did have three, four, five hundred million dollars liquid cash, that's still a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You can make a, a huge impact with that kind of money. But their money isn't as long as these other people. But if we don't support each other, we've been supporting Diddy and Jay-Z for years. When are they going to get back to the black people? And I, and I know, I'm sure, like, I've heard of Jay-Z doing some things. But if you're a billionaire, you know what I mean? There should be no limit, almost. Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, and, and I, I'd imagine your credit is up to par. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think it still comes down to black folks and we just still competing with each other. And, you know, I feel like Diddy and Jay-Z just got cool. You know, I feel I feel like they've been trying they've been trying to one up each other for years. So let's what let's one up each other by giving back to the community. Right. Let's do that. Right. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna plug myself, Diddy Jay Z, if you hear this, let's see who can donate the most to black nonprofits. <laughs> there you go. There you go. By the block. Ain't that, yeah. ain't that the new the new phrase right now? Yeah. Um and, and it's wild right now. And then you, you flip around and Kyrie let Kanye get him in trouble. Like it, it was weird to me. You saw what Kanye was going through, and then Kyrie goes and did, did does what he did. Um, I want to say something about that because I feel like Kyrie Irving didn't even say anything. He posted a a picture or a link to a, a video well, that people thought was anti-Semitic, but he never said anything. He, I, I tell you what it is. Well, it, it was all about that little a little interview he gave and the the, the little refusal to apologize and. It was just the the he was real, you know, nonchalant, psh, you what know, you about say? it, and that that's really what it was. Well, let me ask you. <laughs> a question. That's, that's really all it was. So, Judaism is a culture and a religion, religion, yeah, as well as a race. But is it? You know what I mean? You which, can be black and Jewish, which is why they have the, the they have the, the the monopoly on this whole thing. Well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Almost. It's like if we can claim this, we can claim that. And, you know, and you can well, convert and do that if you want. But I don't know if you'll get the I don't know if you get those kind of benefits. The, the, the thing that I hate, though, is is why is it that if Kanye, let's say Kanye and Kyrie said, I'm Jewish, I've converted to Judaism. Right. And everything I'm saying is a critique of my own people. Mm-hmm. Is it anti-Semitic or are these black Jews speaking about? something that is now a, something they're a part of. And you know what I mean? Well, no matter what, first of all, no matter what, you're going to get somebody on the other end to, to challenge you on it. But I get you. that you mean, Because, yeah, if I convert over and now I am Jewish, I'm talking about myself and my people. Now what you're going to get is the older Jewish brass that said, ah, oh, no, 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 young man, you know, you didn't do this. You didn't, you know, we... You're 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 Jewish on paper, you know. What I mean, which which really doesn't give you the right to 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 feel our pain and you know to feel like you represent our pain and where we came from. I feel like that's the kind of backlash he would have gotten. But but who's to say what who Jewish on what's the paper? Jewish on paper. What does that mean? Who's who determines the paper? I mean, you know, just convert it. I mean, meaning your grandmother, your great, you know, we can't follow your family lineage and and, and know that you're Jewish, but you can. You know, you took this class, paid this money, did whatever, and you can convert over See, to Judaism. But, but the problem with that is... Married into the family. Scripturally, I don't think that 
is correct, especially well, especially from a Christianity standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. But in terms of the Old Testament, I'm not really sure how what the Bible says about somebody being allowed to convert or become a part of of Judaism, because there are instances where Jewish men in the Bible married a wife. For instance, Moses had a black wife. Moses' wife was uh, from Sudan or Nubia. One, one, one thing I want to cut you off, but can we can we can we just understand that all those characters in the Bible are people of color? Yes. Can we say that? Yes. I think if everybody understood that and and knew that, of course, not everybody doesn't want to understand that and know that. But if we just kind of come to that understanding, I bet you things are going to run a lot smoother in this whole right in this whole battle debate. Who's the original people? Who was the first? Who did it? If we all understand that those people in the Bible that we swear by and that we love their stories uh, and that we read read about, those are people of color. Those are brown skinned people, and right? Black. And, and and black and 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 then to take it a step further, black churches, pictures of black Jesus only. That's it, only. Why are we still with the Patrick Swayze Jesus? Why are we still doing that? And, and no disrespect to anybody, like, at least in our churches. Maybe we can get one day, we can spread it out to white churches to anybody else. But at least with our church, black Jesus, what are we doing? Right? So I read the I read the, 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 the hair of wool and the skin of bronze. And then I, I'm walking out the church house and I see, who is that guy? Right. You know, I think little simple just... Base level stuff like that, I think, can help us out a lot, man. If you can see yourself in God, then you would carry yourself accordingly. Representation is important. And to bring this back full circle, that is why I try to get these young black men, when they when I get them suited and booted, I want them to visualize themselves as young professionals, as the next president, as the CEO, as the boss, as the director, as the whatever. You don't gotta be in the streets. You can be whatever you wanna be. When I when I saw Barack Obama for the first time, I, I remember being a kid and thinking to myself, black men like this don't exist no more. <laughs> they gone. The, the Martin Luther Kings, Malcolm X's, Stokely Carmichael's, uh, uh, people like this are gone. And then Barack Obama came and changed my whole life. And I was like, I want to be like that. And ultimately, that's my goal is to be a righteous black man and for young black men to be like, I want to be like that. It's funny you brought that up. That was my next question on my list here. When did that need to to give back, to serve, kind of fill your heart? That was that was that day. What was that? Oh, eight. So in Barack Obama? when Barack Obama was elected, I was a freshman in high school and I had just transferred from Oklahoma Centennial Middle School in the ghetto. I'm not sure if you're familiar uh -huh. uh, where it was at the where the old Eisenhower is or where the old John Marshall was. Mm -hmm. And um, I transferred to Edmond Santa Fe, a predominantly white school. Right. And I did that because I had to get out of a situation because one of my friends, uh, Tim Moreland, had just got shot. and I played football with him and, you know, I just I wanted to move around and. Uh, take my life in, in, a, in, a, in a new direction. And even today, in hindsight, I, f I find that problematic because why do we have to leave our communities in order to find a better situation? Like, why can't we make our communities better? Yeah. Right. But I saw Barack Obama and I remember thinking to myself, like, this is the new standard of what's achievable. 
it can be done, right? It can be done. Yes, we can. And then fast forward <laughs> to 2013, I believe, in the murder of Trayvon Martin. And that is that was my call to action, if you will. Because not only was what Trayvon murdered and then the murder was acquitted, <laughs> but the way Trayvon's name and image was ran through the mud always resonated with me. And and I hate how they tried to make the us young black men feel like thugs and gangsters. Trayvon's about my age. Mm-hmm. I think I might be a year older than Trayvon or some months, um, but we're about the same age. And I just remember thinking to myself, if I die today, I ran track since I was eight years old until I graduated college. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a high school All-American state champion. I'm a college national champion, All-American. All-American from uh, Santa Fe, you said? Yes, sir. Okay, no uh, doubt. Track and field at Southern National University. And my my social media has always been filled with, like, back then it was just sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was, like, had colleges look at me and stuff. So I knew I had to carry myself a certain way because I didn't want a coach to pull up my Instagram and I'm drinking beers. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I've always known that. But I was thinking to myself, like, man, like, I'm sure if something crazy happened and I died, the media would take an image of me and try to paint me as into a person I'm not trying to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, if I'm standing here, you know, with my suit and tie on, standing next to some kids that I just gave a scholarship to, how are you going to turn this around? You can't turn that around. You know what I mean? I'm, I I decided to create my own image and change my own narrative. And that's what this is about. It's really... Um, that call to action, I'll say, was two things, Barack Obama and Trayvon Martin. Um, and then when, when Barack Obama said that Trayvon looks, he looked like he could be my son, or he said mm-hmm. something along these lines, the media flamed him. Bro, Barack Obama is race baiting and blah, blah, blah. You know, every time something happens to a little white girl, the entire world loses their mind because every white man thinks that could be my daughter, you know? And the people who are in power who make decisions get to stand up and fight for this white girl. And so who are, who's fighting for black boys? Yeah. So that's, that's it. That's the call to action. Wow. Let's talk about representation, man. Barack Obama basically uh, spawned a grand gentleman. I mean, you know, and unfortunately the, the death of Trayvon Martin. And then staying on that, I mean, you got all that positivity going. And then Trump jumps in, jumps in office. We're going back to the kids that you mentor. Have you picked their brain? What What do they feel about the state of where we're at right now? You know, we talked about Kanye, Kyrie. What are, what are the young folks that you're around? What what's, What are some of the things that you're hearing from them about those particular subjects? They I'm, do they even care? They don't care. I'm so I'm I'm um, I'm primarily working. Uh, my kids now are high school boys freshman in high school and these things aren't really on their radar yet mm-hmm. um, obviously I want to introduce real world topics and conversations to them but they're so busy caught up trying to find themselves mm-hmm. that they Donald Trump I mean it's 2023 Trump Trump lost the presidency three years ago you know three years ago the boys I'm working with were in fifth grade. You know what I mean? Like that's, right. but like, think about it. So like they're, yeah, they're freshmen now. So 2022, uh, they were in eighth grade, 21, they were in seventh grade. So in 20, they were in sixth grade. So really like when this stuff was happening, they were too young. And this is how I know I'm old, I'm 29 now, I'll be 30 in October. 
And like time is different. Like the older you get, like three, four, five years ago, that's nothing. But when you're only 15, five years is a third of your life. <laughs> right. You know? So yeah. um, yeah, I mean, these things, they they haven't really truly hit their radar yet. They don't understand how they're affected by them. Um, we have so when we went to Hoover Middle School to do our tie day. I had my friend JB, who's a local rapper and, and uh, activist. I've had JB um, in there, yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Um, I had him come do a portion over using wise words specifically because I wanted to show these young men how Kanye, and to a much lesser extent, even Kyrie, could kind of, you can kind of talk yourself into a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important. But overall, they're not super concerned about that. But I think the kind I think the Kyrie situation was a good time for these young boys to learn a lesson. Like these people who sign your checks can take everything away from you just as easy as you got it. I mean, no no matter how true what you're saying is, and you know, the story around Kyrie is that, you know, he's trying to find himself, he's trying to find his truth and his own people and things like that. And that's fine, man. That is perfectly fine. Matter of fact, if you do that, you'll be a better person. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. But you can't bite the hand that feeds you. In the meantime, if you're trying to live and put together a certain lifestyle. And one thing I, I always wanted Kyrie to, to understand is that he and his supporters would always combat him not willing to apologize and all that. And how the NBA kind of came down on him with that bullshit they wanted him to do. Um, they would always combat it with his charity, how much money he's giving away to people and and, you know, he gave this family a, a you know, certain amount of laptops and he gave this this women's uh, uh, shelter, this amount of money or whatever. It's like, OK, that's cool. That's great. But if you want to continue to do that, you need to continue to make these checks over here, man. Yeah. You know, if you t- want to continue to still be that financial beacon in someone's life and you got to keep continuing to be what you are over here on the basketball court, which means you have to play ball. And you can't be suspended. And, you know, it, it, so it just goes hand in hand, man. This is this is America. This is a business. Um, this thing runs on money, man. So, you know, you do have to walk that fine line. And like you say, find balance. You can be as real as you want to be. You can find out as, as much about yourself and your history as you want. But understand, you still have responsibility over here, uh, uh, you know, in the real corporate world. If you want your lifestyle to maintain uh, the level it's at. The irony behind it all is, I will say Kanye, his delivery was that of, of more so spewing hate, hateful rhetoric because Kanye is literally repeating alt-right Nazi talking points, okay? Even if there was a speck of, even if there is a speck of truth in what Kanye's saying, mm-hmm. because it's so muddy with, you know, negative, talking points that he literally is getting from Nazis, it's going to get lost in that. And and, and I, I uh, yeah, what was he talking about? He, and then he was talking about how George Floyd didn't die right. with a neck. And he, right. he, they hit him with fentanyl on the low. Right. And like, and, and, Cause like, he's been hanging on. out with Nazis. Come on, and that's dude. why I hate when people compare the Kanye and Kyrie situations because they're totally different. Well, Kyrie, one thing I'll tell you, Kyrie, listen, you can't be quoting stuff from Alex Jones. I don't care what it is. Kyrie didn't do that. That was Kanye who did. <laughs> no, Kyrie reposted the book that Alex Jones reposted or something like that. Alex Jones. So uh, uh, the book that Kyrie reposted was from Hebrews to Negroes. Negroes, right. Alex Jones didn't repost that book because Alex Jones doesn't care about 
a black agenda. Like, so that book is, is, I will say this, historically speaking, I think the book is very inaccurate. It, I didn't read it. My point is anything coming out from Alex Jones, stay away from. Agree. Agree. Stay away from. But I, I just feel like the Kyrie situation was a public lynching. Like they wanted to make an example of him. And it was the timing of having this Kanye stuff going on at the same time. Exactly. He, and, and about the same subject. Dave Chappelle, you got to listen to his monologue. So Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live, yeah. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, I saw it. It's on, okay. He said Kanye got in so much trouble that Kyrie got in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's a fact, man. Yeah. I, but but you know what? Imagine this, though. Um, and you can and, and I don't know how much this has been discussed or talked about or whatever. You can say you heard it here first. Uh, but here's an idea. What if Michael Jordan, Jay-Z, Diddy, and Oprah got together and said, you know what? What if we started our own league? Oh, beautiful. Yeah. What if we yeah. started our own league? Because between between those four people and throwing a couple more black billionaires that I might, I might not be thinking of, mm-hmm. what if you said, you know what? We're going to start our own league. And we're gonna do it our way. Whatever you say. And you say. all the best players will come play in this league. <laughs> and, and let's say LeBron retires and he joins this pool too. Well, the argument is over because you got all the Jordan fans, the LeBron fans right there. If they can build enough equity to pay players, who wouldn't want to come play in the league owned by Jordan? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to play in the league owned by LeBron? Who would who wouldn't want to play for these guys? If they're getting paid. Now you have all the best talent, because let's keep it real, the NBA is 78% black. If if all the if all this black talent is playing in a new league and they're stealing ratings from the NBA, because Luca won't be able to hold down the NBA by himself. No, no. You know what I mean? <laughs> if all the best black players came together and started their own league, we would have all these billions and trillions of dollars floating around in the black community. Same thing with college, college sports, college football. I mean, if if Alabama Georgia, Auburn, USC, and I don't know, let's just say oh yeah, a few if they if ten ten of these top teams was like, you know what, NCAA, we don't want to deal yeah. with you no more. Same thing. That's what they're thinking is, you know, could happen here, you know, who knows, five years or so. But uh we'll you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But politically speaking, black people, they tell us that we're only fifteen percent of the US population, right? I don't believe that. I think they've been screaming that's the same number for a while now. I, right. You know what? It has and, to go up. Oklahoma, <laughs> I think we're only 13, 14%. They say we're only 13, 14 population. Mm-hmm. But if you live in Oklahoma and if you in these streets like I am, you go to the north side, right? The north side of Oklahoma City, where I'm from. Right. You go to Camelot, black people. Chisholm Creek, black people. The village, black people. Mm-hmm. Western village, black people. North Highlands, black people. The east side, all black. All Spencer, black. all black. Midwest City, a lot of black people. The South Side, even a lot of black people, but we only fourteen percent. Yeah, that don't even yeah. sound right. That thirteen percent has been bounced around for a long time now. It's I don't think long exactly. time. But my point in saying that was is that if we politically may not have enough power to do much except sway one party or the other's results, but in a and if you look at the NFL and NBA, where seventy percent of the players are black, seventy mm-hmm. percent of the best talent is us. We have more power to leverage, and that's what I'm saying. We need ownership, though. We need, exactly. I mean, we need we need those guys to, you know. And, and the thing about and it's different. Basketball would be a lot easier. Football is still a good old boy system. You got to be knighted in any industry. You got to be knighted. You got to be allowed to step in those rooms and, and and throw that type of money on the table to own something. But it's coming. Jay Z and Diddy. I mean, I, I I think so. It, it's 
you know, you hear LeBron talking about, about what he wants to do. Whatever you say. Um, I've heard it come from Jay-Z and Diddy. And <laughs> Jay-Z, what, has a little small percentage in, in the next, or he used to? He used to. Or something he, like he that. He had to stop because of a conflict he had between with Rock Nation Sports. Yeah. You can't own a sports agency and a sports team. Right, right, <laughs> so right. Some right, right. But with that being said. But if you look at it, they almost kind of do if you – if you work in LeBron and Clutch. Clutch, Clutch, yeah. If you work in kind of, I'm sure there's a lot of Rock Nation and Clutch connections, and 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 you wash my back, I'll wash yours. And if you notice, a lot of these players, you know, what a lot half the team is 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 a Clutch client uh, right. on the Lakers right now. They're doing good, and it was like that on on the on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he was out in Cleveland. So, you know, it's it's a it's a lot of hand washing going on, man, and and hopefully. If business is done the right way, you know, someday we'll have two or three Bob Johnsons. You know what I mean? Uh, the old owner of the Charlotte Bobcats before, before Jordan took over. Uh, and they changed the name. And let me commend you, man. The 30 and under crew uh, out here in the streets are really making waves, man. Like you said, you you were you were influenced by Barack Obama. And, and I think either you're influenced by Barack Obama or that 2013 or whenever his tenure was going on and it just we had all the black killings in the streets uh by police officers that spirit a lot of positive upward movement by young black folks young minorities period my young people period i'm not even gonna say black i'm not gonna say minorities because the young white kids have joined this movement too uh and and i guess it's painful that it had to come from killings and a lot of hurtful uh incidences like that but that is I, i'm seeing it i'm seeing it with you i'm seeing i saw it with with uh my man adam uh, a long time ago the 30 and under crew is kind of making waves out here and they're really putting their money where their mouth is and, and getting out here making things happen man well i feel like i feel like my generation and I'm and when I say my generation, I, I'm loosely saying like anyone born between '88 and '95 or '6 uh-huh. um, to narrow down those millennials a little bit. Uh, we are very active on social media and very uh, we're very concerned. Let me say, you got, you guys are tired of the stories of we sat in there and. We marched, right? We sang, right? And we endured. I think you guys are tired of those stories. It's, you know, it's very surreal because my dad tells me stories about the dogs and the fire hydrants and how we couldn't sit at the certain places yeah. and go. And my grandfather was uh, uh, actually mixed; he's half white and half uh, Native American. Okay, and he had to go into the store for my grandmother and, their, and, and my father and my yeah. aunt. Like they couldn't go in the store. So I'm mean, I'm hearing all these stories my whole life and. You know, it's it's very surreal. I'll say this um, from I'll say 2016 to to now, but especially from 2016 to 2020, you had this period where you feel like you're living in history. You watch the the riots in Ferguson and the riots over George Floyd and the Trayvon Martin case and all these things. You know, all over the world, those riots. All over the world, too. we were marching and saying Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and 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 I and I think that uh, we might. Our little generation felt like it, our time is now to step up and have our voices heard. We're old enough to have an opinion, and we're intellectual enough to form 
some stable leadership and and have a response. Whatever you say. Whatever and you say. and I think uh <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I think uh one thing I want to touch on before we uh before we go, man, is I want to talk about the Black Lives Matter organization. Mm, okay. Okay. There's I mean a controversial organization, a lot of stories about money being missing, what's really being being done with the money. Uh, I mean, it's... So the problem is, is that Black Lives Matter as a slogan for a movement is great because it's simple and it cuts straight to the point. We're not saying white lives don't matter. We're not saying Asian lives or whatever lives don't matter. We're simply saying that Black Lives Matter just as much as everyone else. In case you forgot. As a slogan. As an organization, they have been grossly irresponsible and negligent, and they've been taking in millions of dollars. I, I read, I think it's anywhere between 60 and 90 million dollars that they've yeah, raised. Yeah. And we have protesters who've been in, who were, who were in jail for months. And, and the thing is, is that black people need centralized leadership. And we haven't had that since the sixties and the, and all of our, all of our leaders were actively murdered by the FBI and CIA. The the government has admitted to this. The files are released. You can look it up. They have literally went in to destabilize our movements since then. Jacob Hoover. The yeah. number one enemy or the number one uh, uh, threat to America is is the black man. J. Edgar Hoover said this, right? Yeah. So they have whole meetings about this stuff. Cointel Pro, listen. Um. Uh. Uh. What else? Um. Leaving the FBI dumping crack cocaine into neighbor into black neighborhoods. Hey, listen, I kn- I know somebody. I know a couple people from Chicago, and and the crack we heard about the crack, but the guns, it was new to me. They I I know a couple people from Chicago. They said it wasn't shocking to see just random uh, boxes. Or maybe you have a a laundry basket just sitting in the middle of the hood with a bunch of guns in it. Mm-hmm. And I and I saw a video of a white supremacist kind of uh, uh, militia ex cop type of you know whatever those those guys are. And he he admitted that yeah they would go around and do that. That was that was done purposely. That they would just put guns just in the middle of the street and just leave them out for kids to pick up and play with. And, and and of course, you know what's going to happen if, if the wrong person or, you know, big time gangster gets one. I, I hate like just because you live in America, you have to understand. That my point our, is there's evidence of all that stuff you're talking about. Are are we truly always the good guys? The FBI are, and CIA are literally trained to destabilize. Yeah. So there there has to be winners and losers. That's how capitalism works. Yeah. And if you de- if you have to choose a, a, a community to, de- to destabilize. Why wouldn't it be the black community? You know what I mean? And from from their point of view, why wouldn't it be us? So, I mean, I said that to say that it's very hard to, 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 to create strong, centralized leadership in the black community now because it has been constantly destabled. I'm not saying that the FBI or CIA had a hand in the murder of Tupac or Biggie. I think maybe Biggie, but but that's just a conspiracy I'm throwing out there. Really? Okay. But but what I'm saying is how much is time we got their, their reaction <laughs> to it, because you have you have two you had two people in the 90s who could literally speak to, to millions of black people and, and they would listen. Right. 
So like, why would you want to find justice for these people? You know? So you so now you get to a point to where Black Lives Matter, the, the people who started the organization stole the slogan. The slogan, mm-hmm. the streets came up with the slogan. Yeah. Black people in the field came up with, with the slogan, Black Lives Matter. Right. People started an organiza- organization with that name. And then they haven't you can you tell me who the who their leader is? Some some woman. I mean, that's all I know. Some I mean, and that that was the other that was the other thing about the organization of how it's 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 led by lesbians and they have a different agenda. It's not even for black people. Right. So, I mean, it is it, is that true or false? I like to think that's false, but I don't know. But that's that's just how messy things can get once, you know, black folks try to get right about some things that I don't know about. But I do know this. I do know that they got millions of dollars. And once they got that money, they went out and bought themselves multi-million dollar houses in California. Right. Now, here's the thing. As, as a director of a nonprofit, all the work that I put into Grand Gentlemen, if we got a $100,000 donation tomorrow, I'm going to pay myself and my, my, my squad with at least 20% of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But here's the other thing. You, you can get online and you can see where that money's going. You're going to see who I, the kids I'm giving scholarships to. You're going to see me doing the back to school. You're going to see all these new programs that I put in my budget. And I'm telling you, this is what we're doing. And the problem with it don't feel like Black Lives Matter hasn't hasn't put $90 million worth of, of, of work back into the black community. Because let's be proactive. Where's the Black Lives Matter scholarship fund? Okay. Where's where's the Black Lives Matter legal fund I'm with it. to help to help incarcerated black people? You know what I mean? Where's where's the where's the Black Lives Matter fund for when black men are killed and they got kids? Who's supporting that family? Because the young homie uh, Danny Howard, who went to Centennial, got killed on New Year's, and now his he's got a little a, a one year old. He's got a family. You know what I mean? If the police had shot him, what happens? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm with you, man. That's 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 my problem. Is and I'm I'm a schmuck from Oklahoma City. I don't know anything, but I just named a few ways they could be using their money and they're choosing not to do it or we haven't heard of it and that's a problem too because i have a small 3500 3500 follower following they have millions of followers we should know what they're doing with the money should if there should be no question and we should know who their leader is and if the founders if and this is how lazy they are because as the as the director and 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 and, uh and you know their board and everything of their nonprofit, if you say hey us, we don't want to be the face of Black Lives Matter. You should find a face to push your message. If you if you don't want to be the person, find the person. They mm-hmm. don't care. It's like it's like they don't want to they don't want to be the face, but they don't want to give up the power of being the face. It's it's really it's a really weird situation, and I'm very frustrated with it. And in a way, black folks, that's just that's just us again shooting our shooting ourselves in the foot. There's there's a group of people out here who feel like black people don't quote unquote need a leader. Right? They're, they're, who's who's the white leader? Who's the who's the Asian leader? Who's the Latino leader? Why do black people quote unquote need a leader? Okay. What do you I, say to that? I have an answer to this. Whatever so, you say, whatever you say, whatever you say. In particular, <laughs> the Hispanic and Asian communities have a sense of internal community within itself togetherness togetherness to where they don't need a leader because they see themselves as the we mm-hmm. 
the black community is a very individualistic community. I'm I'm the star. I'm the guy. I'm this. And this is what I was talking about earlier, separating yourself, your ego from what you're doing. You know what I mean? Don't say it's not the core. It's the grand gentleman scholarship. We any any black man could be a grand gentleman. If I die tomorrow, I, I want one of the homies to come to keep this going. You know what I mean? And, th- and th- that's the kind of mindset that these other groups have. White people, and I I want to, you know, I'm not, you know, I say this, but, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Is that a lot of white people see themselves as the primary. Like when you think of America or an American, a lot of people's first thought goes to a white person. And so white people feel like they have to defend something that they've built and they rally around that. And Donald Trump was the perfect spokesperson yeah. for that because he's a, he's a, he's a, he, he I got to hand it to him. I got, I really got to hand it to him because he, he is smooth cat. He, he came up, a rich white man told poor white people, I'm your savior. I can help you. Right. Then he looked at the rich white people and said, I'm just like you. <laughs> right. I don't want to get screwed over either. And they rallied around him. Yeah, like they loved idiots. it. They loved it, man. They ate it all up. <laughs> and and that's their leader. If you think about it. I mean, right right now, where we're at right now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, they'll climb the Capitol for this guy. Right. They broke into Nancy Pelosi's house. Right. Attacked her husband with a hammer. Let's talk about it. Like these are these are the type of people he's He's promoting. He's big up. I can't stand this 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 show that we have going on with the whole Capitol January 6th committee Capitol case going on. It's been going on for a year now. If uh, what 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 more audio? What more visual do you need? Here's here's the problem. It's because the people who make the laws they look at the people who they're supposed to be prosecuting and they see themselves in them. Hey, I, I do that. Exactly. I feel exactly like he, exactly. I think like he does. But if 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 Barack Obama had been the president. And in and, and the nation of Islam or the Black Panther Party or Black Lives Matter has stormed the Capitol for any reason. Come on now. It's dead bodies out there, man. So that's what I'm saying. So like the black community, we need leadership. We need to stop worrying about other what other groups are doing and focus on ourselves. We need leadership on small local levels and we need national. We, we need more leadership. I, there is there's already a black caucus <laughs> in Washington. There's a black caucus in Washington, but they're not doing anything. That's why nobody knows who's in it or who's. Kamala Harris was a part of Black Caucus for decades, I believe. Like the, the Black Caucus is a thing, but we need somebody there who's really going to stand up and fight for us. Why did, did a, a Stop Asian Hate Bill get signed into law right. after months? Easy. If, if you look at the numbers, after Donald Trump got elected, the 16th of November to now, the number of hate crimes has risen exponentially in America. And the number of hate crimes against black people has risen 330%, I believe. is at least 300%, more than any other group. But we're the one group who never got any. We've had LGBTQ laws passed to protect them and laws passed to protect Asian people. Mm-hmm. And But nothing for us. And I'm not saying that those groups didn't deserve any protection. But what I'm saying is you have to really look at it and ask yourself why. What do you say to those who say, well, Barack Obama is the one who gave the Native American folks that a big old chunk of land back and all that and said in an interview, I can't just do things just for black people. That's not what I'm here for. Well, what do you say about that? I will say this. I will say that. Let's say Barack Obama came out and said, I want to pass legislation specifically for black people. I want to help my people out. 
he didn't have to go that far. And it was like, we're, we're not doing anything. He, he <laughs> so, so the first two we should years, anything he wants to do. Exactly. The first two years he was in office, the Democrats had control of the White House, um, the House and the Senate. And then two years after he, his election, they lost control of the Senate. Or was it the Senate or the House? I think it was the Senate. So they, lost, they lose control of the Senate. And after that, they said, uh, what's his name? Mitch McConnell said, I don't care what <laughs> Barack Obama's trying to do. We're going to be against it. Yeah. So my question in, in, in the first two years of his presidency, he was trying to rebuild an economy that that George Bush destroyed. So my question for, for, for y'all who say this is, my brothers and sisters in Christ, what could what could Barack Obama do? Yeah. Even if he now now now, granted, I'm not going to cake for him and say that he wanted to do this, that, and the third. But I'm saying, even if he wanted to, he couldn't yeah. because black people. Well, I don't want to blame black people, but we, I'll say, maybe young people. I don't know. We didn't get out and vote in the midterms, and so when they lost in the midterms, he lost a lot of his power. And you know, um, I, I mean, like I said earlier, when Barack Obama came out, I said Trayvon Martin could have been my son. Did you see the backlash he got for that? Just for saying that my son might have looked like this kid. Come on, man! They they was killing him for wearing the cream suit. The cream suit, and this is <laughs> this is, and, and you're saying that he yeah. could have done what? Like what? What were you expecting him to do? He right. he he had faced uh, he he faced a lot of challenges either way. So is Kamala doing enough? Or Kamala? She doing enough for you? Absolutely not. I almost forget that she's even like I forget I forget about her like literally I forget that she's even in the White House. I'll say this, the, the Joe Biden administration has been dumb, but kind of, they think they're being smart. Here's why. And, and I actually got to go, I got to go after this. <laughs> okay. Um, um, now, this has been great, man. I didn't expect to go this long, but this is sorry this has been good that, talk, man. man. Again, I, I once I get going. Please don't, don't um, apologize, man. So the Joe Biden administration, they, they didn't run a brilliant campaign. Their campaign was run on, hey, that other guy sucks. You can't go with him, can you? The other guy sucks, <laughs> and the last four years have been miserable. Yeah. So let's try something else. Yeah. And once they won, they they sat out the first two years. And I'm going to be honest, that was good enough for me. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I will admit that was good enough for me. I, I, I wanted Trump up out of there so bad <laughs> that I voted for Joe Biden, even though I don't like the guy. Right. But – I will say this. They sat around twiddling their thumbs until just recently where they said, oh, hey, uh, midterms are coming up. Let's see if we can do something about these student loans. And yeah, let that let's let Brittany grind around. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 help this chick out. Now, here's the thing. Joe Biden, man, I'm not going to say nothing about this man. You know what I'm saying? Because I do. I have I have allies in the Oklahoma Democratic Party who help me with my community work. And when we talk about the Democratic Party as a whole, they're not doing a lot for black people. But my friends here locally who put a lot of work in on these campaigns, they had they helped me out. But I don't I will say this. I'm not afraid to criticize these people when they're not doing enough. And and they they've been playing political games with our lives by waiting until midterms to actually be effective. And now they're saving all of their important legislation for the year that they get reelected. Because they want that to be fresh on the voters' minds. That's a messed up game to yeah. play when we're talking about the black community specifically. Man, listen, you're, you're a smart guy. You're obviously fueled by your people. But you you just kind of brought it up. The people that you work with, and I brought this up with uh, JB. Um, the people you work with, do you ever get 
worried or are you kind of biting your tongue about certain uh, social topics that you might not want to want to really be totally truthful about in order to keep grand gentlemen going and in order to keep a certain grant or a certain relationship going. How, how do you balance that? Is that kind of, that get kind of tricky sometimes? I will say that, uh, we're, and, not, and we're in Oklahoma as in, see, that's the thing as a nonprofit, what you're not you allowed say? to what take the side, like say? politically, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like a grand gentleman couldn't come out and say, we support such and such for whatever I can, you know, but, as an organization, we we can't we can't play sides like that. I was actually, I was actually playing a very dangerous game by supporting uh, Brother Julius Jones last November. Mm. Um, we definitely had strong support for him and still do free Julius Jones. But um, I mean, it's 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 all politics, you know. Yeah. You 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 have to pick and choose because funding is important. You know, if I come out and say a certain thing about such and such. If that's how I feel, I'm speaking my mind. That's great. But what if I lose a forty thousand dollar grant? Yeah. Because I said something a little, a little crazy. So I have to. Oh man, I, I gotta, I gotta go back and cut this stuff. I don't, I don't want to be the, <laughs> I don't want to be the, the reason, man. Come on now, grand gentlemen, is a great, great thing going right here. I don't want to have this be the issue. Uh, I, I will say though, I will never not stand in my truth. And 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 again, I'm talking about the Democratic Party. Everything is an honest critique of what we need to be doing um i'm gonna support the, the least racist party forever <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? and what and i'll make right. it clear what i'm saying here is not necessarily a reflection of the organization these are a reflection of my personal thoughts but um I, I think that they need to do better if you go if you claim to be the party for black people then help black people simple as that and soon you're going to incorporate a, a, a scholarship for a Latino student also, right? We already have. Jesus Mori uh, won our Men of the Year Award last year. No doubt. And, and um, we have a scholarship for young women, too, called the Leading Lady Scholarship. So I've given, uh, let me see, last year, Aaron Thompson and uh, Christian and uh, Alicia Gregory this year. So okay. we've given out three scholarships to three women already. No doubt, man. My man is all over the place. Uh, Corey Akers of Grand Gentlemen and... Mad Dream Cinema. There you go. Uh, so, hey, man, you might see my man at Dead Center uh, uh, collection at, at one of these one of these events. Corey, it's been a pleasure, man. Like I said, um, I didn't expect it to go on this long, but, hey, I think that was a good thing, right? Maybe it might have a two-parter. Who knows? Oh, no. Maybe have a two-parter. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know, tell you the troops, because some of these sites don't like you loading up those super big, long uh, uh, podcast episodes. But, listen, say. it doesn't matter. Part one, part two. Part three is all game and it's all knowledge from this guy, Corey Akers, man. Deep fella. I didn't know you were that deep into politics like that. Uh, religion, all aspects of life, man. My man seems to be pretty uh, up for it. Uh, you know, a saying though, one of my mentors told me is a gentleman should be well-read, well-spoken, well-dressed, and well-traveled. So there you go. There <laughs> you go. I think my man is off to uh, to a hell of a start right there. Go back and scroll through the uh, social media. You'll see the R&B group uh, picture with uh, him, Adam Francisco, uh, Super Swag, I like to call him. Who are, who are, who are the, some, of, some of the guys associated with Grand Gentlemen? Uh, my brother, Daquan Cooper. My brother, Sterling Abernathy. Uh, D. Simmons. Uh, when it's time to get the Tom promo Tom. pictures going. Um, 
uh, who, uh, uh, who my boy Nico comes to help, GQ, Sauce no a whole lot of guys. No doubt, no doubt, man. Shout out to all those dudes. Shout out to you, Corey Akers. Um, it's literally the beginning of 2023. What's the next step? What's Corey Akers and, and Grand Gentleman working on right now? Right now, I'm perfecting my custom suiting uh, business aspect of Grand Gentleman. Um, I, I, I can make custom suits. I just did a wedding. I just made a few for myself. I made them for all the scholarship members. And now I'm making them open to the public. If you buy, if you, uh, if you uh, get a custom suit from me, then a portion of your proceeds will go back to the Grand Gentleman Scholarship Foundation. So you're going to be helping the black community. You're going to be helping the black people in college. Uh, we are, I want to really get started with our, um, our digital magazine. So I'm mm -hmm. looking for writers, uh, black people, black men in the community who want to write about social commentary going on uh, within the black community. What else? Um, as always, scholarship. We're always looking for people to apply for our scholarship and we're always looking for uh, people who are want to donate. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you donate, if you donate to us, I can give you a tax exempt, or excuse me, I can give you uh, a tax receipt um, to help you out on your taxes and you can claim that. So we're, we're hitting three areas. I want to really speak to the black community uh, through our, our blog on our website. I want to, uh, I'm making clothes now, starting a brand and, and those profits go back to the foundation. And as a nonprofit, we just out here trying to make change. Couldn't say it better, man. That's Corey Akers right there. Grand Gentleman Extraordinaire. Grand Gentleman Incorporated. Incorporated. There you go, man. Can't say enough about the, the movement and, and blessings to you, man. Let's, let's continue to do this. And hey, man, maybe we can do another one at, at your next venture. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. No doubt. Corey Akers, Grand Gentleman, folks. Learn about it, huh? I don't think it's white folks. I think it's Negroes. I do not think this is white folks. It could be. It could be white folks. But I think it's Negro. I think a Negro did this. Think about this younger generation. They they have they have the information right because it's at their fingertips, right? And they 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 are bold, right? Because they, they believe they have more information than us at that time. Mm -hmm. And what, in some ways they do, you know, but information without understanding is nothing, right? Because on the, on a cigarette box, it has, this can kill you and people still smoke. So it's not just information. That'd be understanding of information and who it's coming from. Whatever you say, whatever you say, whatever you say, whatever you say. <laughs>